I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Writer Shed. Snow has arrived in the Chicago area here over the last uh, couple of weeks, four to five inches in many areas. It's uh, February now, so you can expect that, right? This is the time of year we have a kind of love-hate relationship with the weather. It's pretty, but we're ready for something different. Probably as we can't get it and won't until sometime in April in the Midwest here. So we try to find the beauty in it, I guess. I love this uh, Lewis Carroll quote. I wonder if the snow loves the trees and fields, that it kisses them so gently, and then it covers them up snug, you know, with a white quilt. And perhaps it says, go to sleep, darlings, till the summer comes again. Well, today on the show, nothing about snow, but maybe about shoveling, at least the work of that, the continued work of shoveling words, you might say. Melanie Holmes is a writer, and she's tired. Recently, she posted on a writer group's Facebook page that she was burned out, and what to do about it, what other writers were doing about it. How do you fight burnout? Well, Melanie has brought out three books in three years, one of them about a harrowing and tragic event, the scientist who died at Mount St. Helens when it erupted. While working to get the books out, she was and is trying to manage book promotions, and she's worn out. But should she rest? Can't she rest? On this Writer Shed podcast, Writer Burnout. Thanks for being here, Melanie. Greatly appreciate that. Um, I'm talk. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I, I wanted to talk about this because it's something I think we all face in some form uh, as writers or creators in any way, but we don't talk about it a lot, which is sort of getting burned out or getting feeling like we have to keep producing in some way or something like that, right? So right. you've experienced that. You've written a lot of books in a short period of time. You've been under a project right now. Is that what you're experiencing at the moment, a sort of burnout? Uh, I would say I'm much better than I was when I posted that post to the Chicago Writers Association, that very... On the Facebook page, you mean? Yeah, yeah putting up the red flag to go, help, anyone out there that feels this way. So yeah, uh, that was that was kind of a turning point. I think the, the straw had hit the camel's back that day, yeah. Or, or yeah, maybe the day before, but yeah. Um, so what what brought it on? What what got to, what got you to the point of feeling as if you were uh, burned out? Well, definitely bringing out uh, too much work too fast, right? Mm. So there is a saying that each book takes should be marketed for about three years. That is actively marketing, and then yeah. and just give it its wings and okay, let go. And so what I was doing when I was bringing out. So I brought two books out within nine months of each other from mainstream publishers. Yeah. And there's a very big difference between self-publishing and working with, with a, under a contract, right? Right. With editors and copy editors. And um, you can have self-imposed deadlines, but when you have those, those deadlines. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's different, different pressures. It's different pressure. And so um, just bringing out those books so close together, I kept saying, nobody do this, okay? Nobody else should ever do this. Not even Stephen King probably brings out two books within nine months of each other. It was, it was, it was um, just a foible of timing. It was just a, a mis- really a, almost a mistake of timing. And it was um, 
The second book being this Images of America book on my hometown that when I approached Arcadia Publishing, who does those images books, yes. they said, oh, the sesquicentennial is next year. Can you get it done by then? And here I was just pitching it going, maybe I could do that in a couple, you know, take a couple of years to bring it out. Oh, no, they wanted it by, well, yesterday. So, yeah. so And what's your hometown again? Oh, it's Mantino. Yeah. It's uh, 50 miles south of Chicago, down by Kankakee. Yeah. And, 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 and so that was accelerated because, because marketing wise, they wanted it to be connected to the anniversary. Right. So yes. that market, that, that, that kicks that in. And now you've got to work on that probably at the same time you were trying to market or write on something else. I was um, working on them at the same time because yeah, there was, right. there's a lull when you finish a book with a main publisher. So mainstream publisher, so university of Illinois press, is who published A Hero on Mount St. Helens. Mm-hmm. About It's a biography, a man who grew up in Oak Lawn, Illinois, and died in the eruption at Mount St. Helens. He was the scientist who died in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. Um, other people died. He was the U.S. Geological Survey person. So there was this lull between, okay, I've, put, I've done all I can with the manuscript. Now it's up to the copy editor to go through everything. And that can take three months. So I thought, three months? Oh, here, let me pitch this book proposal to Arcadia Publishing. <laughs> and they said, yes, can you get it done like tomorrow? And so, and I'm only half kidding because when I they said, oh, the sesquicentennial, can you get it done by um, March? And this was August of the previous year. I said, no, right. <laughs> I have another book coming out next May, uh, in May of 2019. And they said, um, okay, how about September 1st of 2019? So, so this was kind of a little bit of a long, like a little bit coming over a couple of years, but um, David, I will tell you the straw was receiving, and this is as much as this, it's awful to share this, but writers do like to make a little bit of um, monetary uh, gain in, in their, in what they're doing. Yeah, right. And yeah, so like yeah. with the pandemic, it's been horrible for, for ev- lots of different situations and bookstores and authors and publishers. And so I got my royalty check and it was mm. almost like nothing. Yeah. I've been there too. So we all know what that's like. Um, but I think what's interesting is, you know, for me, just to give a perspective, I had a book that was supposed to come out last fall and it was pushed back till this June because of supply chain issues, because they simply couldn't get paper when they needed it, and the printer couldn't do this and the copy editor couldn't work. And so it became this whole, you know, issue of the pandemic. So the book got pushed back, but now I've got this other project that's going on at the same time. And because that book has been pushed, now I'm going to have two things going on at the same time. Now, there are writers out there who are listening to this podcast right now going, oh, you poor people, you have stuff being published and you're all stressed out, right? They're saying that. I can hear them saying that. But even if you're writing in a journal or if you're writing as a personal project or if you're writing for you know, fulfillment or creative space or whatever it is, there's a point where it seems to me that you have to shut the gases off because you have to re, you have to re um, ignite 
something. You have to take a walk. You have to take a week off and go walk in nature. You have to do something else. Absolutely. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I, and I think what burnout is, you say to yourself, why am I doing this? I'm done. And, and you don't ever, as a writer, it's built into us. I've been writing my whole life since my diary when I was 10 years old. So um, you never really want to reach that point where you you don't have the joy anymore in what you're right. doing. And right. So yeah, I would say, so I, I did a very indulgent thing. I had a week coming up where I had arranged to be gone from home, um, um, a place by myself. And I was going to start book number five. As crazy as that sounds, mm-hmm. that was my plan. And so it hit me that I can't do that. I need, I need to pause. I was having a I was having, I was having irritability and I was having that feeling of what is, what is this all about? It was kind of an existential moment. And so I took that week and it was a very indulgent week. I stayed away from my phone. I would not allow myself to work on any kind of project that I thought would be publishable or shareable, like a blog post, nothing, nothing like that. Um, I wanted to do Tai Chi. I read some poetry. I journaled my heart out. That's the writing I did, but it was journaling for where am I and where did, where did the joy go? Yeah. That was to feed your soul, right? It was feeding the soul. That's exactly the, that's exactly what I wrote. (laughs) Yeah. That, 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 you know, I think it's, you see this all the time. I mean, if you Google anything on um, on the internet about, you know, the five tips from great writers, or whatever, there's always one in there from somebody. And I think Hemingway said it and others have said, it. it's like, you need to go live your life too. You need to go, li- you have to have something to write about. You have to go live your life. So uh, to me, it's about, it, it, I have to really force myself though, because I really enjoy the craft. I love writing. I love the craft. I love working with words. I love coming up with the a great sentence after rewriting it five and six times. We all do that, right? We wouldn't do this if we didn't love that. Uh, and that, in a sense, feeds our soul too. But you have to go do something else. I play golf. I try to ride my bike. I take walks with my dog. But you know, then I think about it. The walks with my dog became a book of mine. So <laughs> walks with Sam is a book. <laughs> so you know, it's like I, I, I'm just wondering how how you got to the point where you were able to say. I need to shut it off and then actually do it. Um, I think it had to be a block of time. I think I need it. I think it's, it's important to have a block of time because they say that habits take about three weeks to really take hold, right? Being away from my home, that was a week. But even once I got home, I made myself a new rule. Can't touch the phone until nine o'clock in the morning. Now that's a regular work day for someone else, but for someone who works full time as a writer, as, as, some do. Uh, it, it was just this goal of saying, I need to eat breakfast first. I mean, I was often at my computer working, gobbling my bagel and and ugh, just such bad habits. So it, yeah. it was all about setting aside some time, setting this goal that says, this is what I need to do. I need to exercise, do some stretching, get on the stationary bike or take a, a walk. It's 22 degrees outside. So I didn't take any, walk. <laughs> um, but, but those kind of things, carving out me time first, feeding the soul first, right. So that you have that energy the rest of the day, because 
you almost feel like a deer in the headlights the rest of the day. Yeah. And I, I don't, I think this is true for, you know, creatives in any form, you know, people who are musicians or painters, or if, if they feel like they have to keep producing, um, I come from the world of daily journalism. So it's like, what have you done for me in the last five minutes? Right. So, and, but that's one of the things that one of the reasons I left daily journalism is because I felt like I was constantly, there were five stories in the world and I was just retelling those five stories every time. And I, I, I just, it got, it burned me out. I had to go try something else. So now what I find myself doing is what you're doing, like creating in other ways, but I don't want to say overproducing because I think what I'm doing is okay. It's pretty good. I think, but it's not overproducing, but it's sort of like not allowing my time to refresh sometimes. What you just shared, I didn't even insert that into this. I became a journalist in August of 2020. So it's been a year and a half. In the <laughs> midst of all this other stuff, I started writing for my hometown newspaper, one of these small papers, but I was filling a role that was pretty, it was pretty weekly. And I would have sometimes three articles in a week. And so, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you added added something else. Well, I've got this other project that I have gone to with a friend of mine who's a really good musician. And I was actually just listening to a a track uh, that we put together a little bit ago when I before I started talking to you. So I had written a bunch of songs and he said, you know, I really love these songs. Let me see if I can, you know, work these and, and do them and um, you know, create some tracks and stuff. And, and now I got that little project going and, you know, nothing's ever going to come with that. It's, that's fine, but I'm not going to end up at Carnegie hall or, um, you know, Madison square garden. That's not what I'm after. It's not what I I'm worried about, but I'm still, I feel like it's a project I want to pursue and I want to get done. And there's a part of me that's like, you can take five years to do this. You don't need to go do this in two months. You know, I just, but there's a part of me that wants to get it done. How do you turn that off? How do you, I guess it's my biggest question. I've asked it probably in several different ways during this conversation already. How do you learn to say, I'm going to go learn how to cook. I'm going to go learn how to ski, do something that has nothing to do with writing. So I did a little thing. I I came up with smart goals. So during my one week indulgent, uh, um, really kind of focusing. I spent the first few days really just doing nothing. But at the, by the end of the week, I thought, I need to have goals. I have four books. What am I doing? Why am I constantly run, run, running, feeling like I have to do it all in one day or in one week? So by by organizing by quarter of the year, right. yeah, quarter of the year and saying, okay, I'm going to focus on these goals for this quarter. And that way, during January of 2022, I can say to myself, don't worry about those other things, because I know I have a plan for that. And it's so odd, because I spent my entire career in the business world, Mm. you know, part of strategic planning and sort of a part of a management team. And I know about these things, but I wasn't applying them to my own world. And so maybe that's it. Maybe When yeah. it comes to these, all these ideas, because we're idea people, our artists yeah. are idea yeah. people. And so maybe it's having that spreadsheet that has quarters of the year. And, you know, what are those categories, whether it's book one or book two or an essay 
or um, a painting or whatever the artist is working on and saying, you know, those are, those are some good ideas. Let's put that in, let's plug that into quarter three, which mm-hmm. is right. September or what is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, July, August, September. Let's mm-hmm. plug that in there and not worry about any, having any kind of deliverable today or this month but listen to us though we're talking like business people deliverables and stuff like that so um let me play devil's advocate for a moment are creators supposed to do that i mean did rilke sit down with the spreadsheet i don't think so um well i'll tell you what I'm, i'm not i'm not i'm not in any way saying that what you're doing is wrong it's probably working for you and it's probably not wrong at all but there's something in the back of my mind that says that seems counterintuitive or something so there's the creative part of writing, and then there's the business side. And you and I are talking about a writer's shed podcast. And so if we're going to talk about writing, we're going to talk about the position description. I did a blog two summers ago because my grandson, who was seven at the time, said to me on two different occasions about a few weeks apart, but grandma, what do you do all day? Emphasis oh, on the do. So I, I decided to write a position description for being a writer. You are an events planner. You are a publicist. You are, you know, you're a communicator. You're 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 a social media expert. I mean, all these things that go into if you're going to write a book, and if you want it to be read by more than you know your aunt and your and your best friend, you're yeah. probably going to have to do all these other things. Yeah, true, absolutely. There's no other way around it. It's, it's, you know, we all want to be the artist on the hill, you know, left alone to create, right? But that's not the way it works in the world. It just doesn't. Um, you know, uh, there's a, the romantic side of me that wants it to be like that, but it, we know that it's not really like that. You know how the publishing world is working right now. The big publishers want uh, the, the celebrities to be writing the books, right? right? They want and the so, big splash work. They, they don't really care about those little ones that feed, you know, a little bit at a time. They want the big splash blockbusters. They, they all do. They want that badly. They need it because they're hurting. Yeah. And so if you are a Stephen King or a James Patterson, you're, you're going to have a publicist, you're going to have that events planner, um, and so for the rest of us, we are doing, we are all this squished into one, one person <laughs> and it's a lot and it gets to be overwhelming. And I think, I think, um, at least personally for me now, it's building in me time every single day, which sounds indulgent. I mean, uh, not doing any work any real work or touching my phone before nine o'clock in the morning, I'm up at six. That's Mm -hmm. three hours of me time. What am I going to do? But it's pretty cool. I'm eating breakfast. I'm eating better. (laughs) I am um, not sitting in my chair for 15 hours, which as a full-time writer, I know I'm I'm later in years. I'm very lucky to be able to be a full-time writer. Yes. The newspaper stuff has been supplementing financially, but uh, in the big picture, that's only been in a year and a half. And I've been yeah. a full-time writer for seven years. Yeah. It's, it's for me personally, it's really got to build in more of the me time and say, feed the soul first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I have that energy built up for the morning, uh, then I can put it out for the rest of the day. Would that be the, the, if we were giving advice right now, would that be the advice that you would give a writer who says, I'm, I'm feeling 
stressed and burned out. Turn off the phone about taking me time and the writing will come. It's not going to go away. Your ideas are not going to go away. Is that, would that be the, the big thing to suggest? Well, it, it depends on if they have burnout or if they have writer's block, right? Which we know is two mm. different things. So mm. um, burnout means some something is wrong in the equilibrium of your life. Right. Right. So it, yeah. it it's it's definitely about taking a look at where your work life balance is. And for a writer who's constantly coming up with ideas, I was just talking with my husband before I got on this call, and I said, you know, this is what we're going to talk about. And remember, it was me who was writing. Uh, we had a week's vacation uh, in September in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and there I was. I closed myself up in a room so that I could write a newspaper article about 9-11 because I realized that no one uh, was writing that for the newspaper. So I wrote an essay or, or an article based on, on for 9-11, you know, yeah. It was, yeah. it was, but you were doing this during your downtime. I was doing that <laughs> during my downtime. Yeah. So that's the advice I would give someone. If you're, if you're a writer coming up against burnout is, Wow, really find a way to when you're carving out time for yourself and for a vacation, find a way to not plunge into that article or that I just got a great idea for an essay. I mean, wow, really try maybe try not to do that. It might be a little bit of the newspapering, the animal itself, you know? Right, right. I'm I usually uh, finish up these little conversations asking you know, what, what do you have on your, your plate? What are you working on? Right. But maybe that's not the question I should be asking on this one. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Um, promotion, basically it's marketing and promotion. I just did a, a talk a few days ago, zooming with some girl scouts from out West near Mount St. Helens. I'm doing a zoom book club with a friend and her book club tomorrow evening. Um, I have some talks that are set up in March for Women's History Month. And so it's 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 the promotion part that is the good stuff. It really yeah. is. When you're yeah. when you're getting to talk with people about the work you've done, but what I wasn't, that's what I wasn't really allowing myself time to do, or I was trying to do it all. I was trying to create new stuff and find time to talk about the stuff I've already done. And so <laughs> that's where that promoting each book for a period of time comes in, give yourself that time. Don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to write the next book right now. As soon as the last one comes out, yeah. really give yourself that time. Yeah, I am definitely, I am definitely in that mode sometimes. Well, you've been helpful, be helpful to me. I think maybe think about this a little <laughs> harder. Uh, and I know that there are a lot of writers I know out there and creative people in all genres out there who are um, feeling burned out at times or feeling as if they're stressed that they have to keep creating somehow. And, um, you know, we're, we're both of us are saying, you know, take a breather. Uh, it's good for you. It's good for the soul. It's good for your, it's good for your work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm always interested to hear other people's feedback on what they think works. And so, yeah. Let's, well, they can put start. they can put comments on this podcast, so that's uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll keep an eye out for that. Melanie, thanks a bunch. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and Thank go you. take a walk. Go your, take a walk. I love your podcast. I really do. I, I'm so glad I discovered it, and so now I'm 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 one of your fans. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's very nice. That's very nice of you. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. 
want to know more about Melanie, her website is MelanieHolmesAuthor.com. Well, this has been Episode 25 of The Rider Shed. I'm David W. Berner. The music is from IRA Music. Production and interviews, as always, produced inside the shed. You can find out more about Rider Shed Press at RiderShedPress.com and at The Rider Shed on Medium. You can also sign up for our newsletter there and find out more at Rider Shed Press on Twitter. The Rider Shed is available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.